This podcast is brought to you by Legacy Power. Gain insight from speakers around the country in essential areas of our lives. Each episode will cover various topics on productivity, family and friend relationships, physical and mental well-being, finance, leadership, and overall self-help. All right, John Soriano, we are so excited to hear from you today. I've been looking forward to to speaking with you um, ever since we started this Become Podcast. You've been one of the ones that have target a target on your back. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, man, I, I just appreciate you welcoming yourself onto the, onto the episodes of Become Podcast. And we're so grateful for your, um, your willingness to be here, man. Yeah, thank you, Mitch. It's, uh, it's an honor to be a part of the Become Podcast. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge advocate of becoming a better version of ourselves every single day. So it's, uh, it's an honor to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed about you, John, is when you you kind of have that command command a room uh, mindset, where we all know when John's in the room, you can literally feel your presence. And I think that that doesn't just happen as a gift to anybody, does it? What's your what's your kind of belief around that? Why are you able to? Um, I guess, project a certain level of influence in your mind. I know you, you probably want to take the humble approach here being modest as you are, (laughs) but what, what is it about people when they walk into a room, you just kind of feel that, that, that X factor, that difference maker. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah. Thanks for asking. I think as a leader, um, you know, confidence is key whenever you step into leadership and uh, confidence is both external and internal. And I think uh, something that, you know, it took me a long time to understand this, but to have this inner confidence within myself, because what, what people, how people experience us is really just a reflection of what's going on in our inner world. So if me as a leader, I don't, yeah, me as a leader, I don't see myself um, confident. I don't see my, if I don't truly believe that I'm able to accomplish what I have been tasked with accomplishing, then the people around me will pick up on that energy frequency as well. So I think it begins with inner confidence. It begins with knowing that you are able to, to really do anything that you say your mind to, you know, it's going to require hard work and you're going to make mistakes. But I have that inner confidence that there's nothing that I can't do if I'm willing to believe and if I'm willing to put my mind to it. I love that. And that, that inner confidence, how do you gain inner confidence? I, you know, I think I know the answer to that as I've, as I've been, um, part of my personal journey. Um, but how did you gain that personal confidence? Maybe, maybe talk a little bit about that and how each and every one of us as listeners can attain more of that inner confidence. Yeah. So I think you attain, uh, I think how you really uh, get that is it's just through experiences. I think a lot of people, they're too scared to take action and they prepare just to prepare without preparing to just simply execute. Because how, how I've gained my confidence, believe it or not, it's just through a, a lot of mistakes and a lot of experiences. You know, <laughs> I have this mindset of I never lose. I either win or I learn. So when I'm in the, in the, you know, in the many years that I've been in the entrepreneurial roller coaster, uh, I've made a lot of mistakes, but 
I don't see them as losses. I see them as learning experiences. And with every single learning experience, you get better and better. And an analogy I make is it's like a video game. So growing up, I was huge into RPG games, which stands for role-playing games. I was a huge Final Fantasy fan. I don't know if you got into that, Mitch. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I love Final Fantasy X by far. I think it's one of the best video games out there. So if you were born like in the 90s, uh, I was a 90s uh, kid. So I used to love Final Fantasy X. Oh, but- I remember. I remember all those. I, I never got into them, but they were, they were interesting. All my, my brother were, yeah. got into them. They were amazing. And what I loved about them was that in the very beginning, the game was a little frustrating because with an RPG game, you're learning the combos, you're learning, you know, like what this item does, what this attack does, and how you get better is just through trial and error, right? You try this combo, you're like, all right, that didn't work. You try this combo, okay, that didn't work. And then finally, you start seeing what works and what doesn't work. And then eventually, you hit this point where you're super confident in the game, where you're like, heck yeah. I can do this. I can take down this boss. I can, I can do this. And I really feel like that's life. But a lot of people, they spend too much time just trying to prepare, trying to prepare without just simply going out there and just doing it. And failing is okay. But I've realized that the more I fail, and if I have this mindset of learning, the more confident I actually end up becoming. So I'm actually confident because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. But with every mistake, I've learned to get better and better and better. That's amazing. So would you would you say that that type of, I guess, plan and strategy works not only in business, but it works in other areas of your life? Like, do you, I know that you're you're a God fearing man. You you're a Christian and uh, yes, you, you talk about it a lot. And, and that's amazing. I, I always respect the people that are just not afraid of talking about their beliefs and and there's, there's so many reasons not to, right? You know, fear of failure, fear of what it might do or offend others, but you're not afraid of that. Do you feel like that kind of plan and strategy or approach works in other areas of your life too? Oh, 1000%. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can apply what I just said in, in fitness, you know, I mean, if, you know, you go to the gym, Mitch, you know, you're, you're pretty shredded yourself. And I know that you didn't get that way without, having your muscles experience failure. So we understand in order to grow muscle, we have to experience failure. Our muscles will not grow unless there is failure, you know? So you can really apply that in, in anything you do, you know, even in uh, any, even in a relationship. So I'm in a long distance relationship right now and I actually get married in 11 days. So thank God for that. But uh, me (laughs) and my fiance have had to learn how to navigate through conflict where a lot of people they run away from conflict. Me and my fiance have learned to embrace conflict, to understand that conflict can actually be a great thing. if we choose to have the mindset for it. So with every conflict we have, with every argument that we have, uh, we choose to look at it like, okay, what can we learn from this? How can we get better? How can we grow? And then in return, that makes us more confident in our own relationship. It makes me confident in her abilities to lead and it makes her confident in my abilities to lead. Well, and I think it just breeds trust. I mean, you, I, me and my wife, when we met, got married um, a long, a long time ago, I think we're going on 14 years. Come on. Congratulations. Um, we, uh, when we were married, we were just head over heels for each other, right? We were kind of in that honeymoon stage yeah. where, every, every little word matters. And, um, 
now it's, it's completely opposite. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But, um, we, we noticed while we were in the airport one day that there was this couple sitting across from us. We were sitting, eating at a restaurant and, um, we noticed that they weren't talking to each other. They were looking down at their phones the whole time. Mm. They were, they, they seemed young still that they weren't like, um, newly married. You could tell. But um, me and my wife vowed to each other that we would not be an airport couple. Wow. And uh, I, think, I think there are people out there, you know, sitting, listening to this that have seen that, you know, notice that maybe they've fallen on the bad side of that. Maybe they're, maybe they're really good. Maybe they're really good with their, with their other half. But there are couples out there. You, you come home and it's Netflix, you know, it's a Netflix yeah. and it's, and it's fine to do that. I think it's okay to do that, but to have that happen, you know, consistently night after night, it's, um, you know, when you, when you don't experience conflict, you exactly. don't experience change. And I think that's it's where, like, where that it's like, from. it's like going to the gym and you can be in the gym for an hour. And if you just curl five pound dumbbells, when you know you can curl 50-pound dumbbells, it doesn't matter if you're there for an hour, your, your body's not going to grow. So, yeah, it's the same thing. Couples come home, and they're just in a state of maintaining. They're in a state yes. of conserving. Uh, but where growth happens in any area of our lives is in the uncomfortable. It's in the conflict. A lot of people think failure is bad. They think conflict is bad. Wow. It's, only, it's only bad if you allow it to be bad. But as a leader, we have to have a mindset, a different mindset that, that most of the world has, which is, no, growth happens in the uncomfortable. Growth happens in the conflict. You know, any anytime one of my leaders comes to me with a problem, I, I have the mindset of, okay, how can I learn? How can we adapt? When I was in the Marine Corps, um, actually, I got this in the when I got this when I was in the Marine Corps for four years, and uh, something they taught us was adapt and overcome. Adapt Incredible. and overcome, because uh, in, in a in this changing world, every day is different. You know. Um, we can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. We can do our best, but in reality, we can't. So as leaders, we have to have a mindset of, okay, I got to adapt to the situation and then I got to overcome it. And that applies in business. That applies in, even in the gym, you know, it's back to fitness. Even if you go to the gym and you have the same exact routine over and over again, yep. eventually your body adapts to that. And then now you're no longer growing. So how you now continue to gain muscle is, you got to give your body a new regime. You got to give your body right. a new type of conflict. So, you know, this applies really in any area. Yeah. Whether it's business, relationships, fitness, spirituality, finances. You always have to be willing to, 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 to challenge yourself. So in the end, at the end of the day, based on what you said, which I love, I love that. It's we're creating new normals for us. And, it's, on, yep. and if we're not creating new normals for ourselves, in a good way through that resistance, through that pain, through that failure, through that conflict, we're never really growing. Are we never really growing? No, sir. Growth happens in the uncomfortable. I mean, That's of course we'd happens. always, of course we'd always love to stay in homeostasis. We would love that. It's a good yep. feeling. It's comfortable. It's familiar, but where risks can be taken. I think we, uh, we look for, we look for that fight. Um, the right. most highly successful I've seen anyway, aren't afraid of a good fight. That's right. And then, you know, back to what we were initially talking about that the, the, or the end result of all that is confidence. That's amazing. the more, yeah. the Tied more in. heart, 
that's right. The more hard things you do, eventually you get more confident, you know, and it's crazy because like right. for those people that are out there that, that work out, they don't even realize this, but you know, back to the gym analogy, it's like once upon a time, 135, like a 135 bench press probably was hard for somebody, but you, they, somebody, but eventually they, they did it long enough. And then now people, there's people that walk in the gym and 135, they don't even sweat it to them. That, that's now a warm up. So that's like an analogy of how life is. It's like the more hard things you do, the more you put yourself under tension, the more, yep. more challenges you, you, you know, you, you overcome, the more failures you overcome, eventually you get stronger. And then the end result is confidence. Yep. And then you just, and then you just walk in a room and then people just pick that energy up and people want to be around winners. People want to be around people who can lead them through hard times. And then that will show up in just how you carry yourself. Cause like, that's me. You know, and it's not me being arrogant. Like, I really don't think that. It's not me. I, I, I have a confidence because of the challenges that I've been through. So with, with that confidence, because you've been through those challenges, how do you help the people around you that, that are in that room, that are feeling that feeling, that, that, that leadership from you? What is your style of leadership with, with those people that, in the, that are in that room? With the people, just to clarify, the people that I'm like, kind of like newer people. Anybody, yeah. There's people in your people in your org. You have uh, how many people that follow you, John? So in my in my organization, I have about fifty, roughly about fifty uh, people that follow me. Fifty people. Yes, and sir. The, these fifty people. What is your style of leadership with them? How do you lead them specifically? Do you have like a personal brand? that you follow, that you kind of live by a theme or so to speak, how do yes, you, sir, lead do. Your, how do you lead your people? Yeah, great question. I mean, my, my style is servant leadership. I mean, if I could summarize it, wow. that's it is having a mindset of how can I serve my people? I see in this world, a lot of people uh, or a lot of leaders want it to be the other way around. It's how can my people serve me when in reality, you know, there's a saying, um, that I learned years ago, and it says uh, service to many leads to greatness. Or in other words, if you can help enough people get what they want, eventually you will get what you want. And I think as a leader, that's the mindset you got to have. You got to have a servant leadership. And and the truth is, everybody needs to be led differently. Right. So when you truly have a servant leadership and you also, the next step is understanding that everybody is made differently. Everyone's wired differently. Everybody has different needs. You know, there's this great book called the five love languages, which I would always invite any leader to read because in that you learn that everybody receives love a different way. Some people in my organization, they love to be recognized. I better know that I better know that they love recognition because that's how they feel loved by me. You know, some people love gifts. So if someone is crushing it in my organization, then I have to remember like, okay, this person loves gifts. All right, let me get them a cool gift because that's how they receive love. So servant leadership, you have to be willing to also adapt to each person. If you have the same style for every, or if you try to lead everybody exactly the same way, yeah, you're going to lead some people, but then there's going to be other people that just feel left out. So I, um, I, I, I love that book so much. That's, yeah. That is such a good book for not only your marriage, but for business, for oh, business, yeah. Knowing for knowing what your people uh, appreciate, they value certain things over other certain things. You know, that's right. Some some people in our some people in our business value recognition over gifts. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know how you would work physical touch in there. John. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just go back there. Get give him a just just give him a gift to go get a massage. That, that's get it. Give like. give him a massage yeah. as a gift. Give him a massage as a gift. There you go. Yeah. If you if you haven't read that book, uh, five love languages, uh, we're actually going to have it on our website uh, on become dot legacypower dot com, and uh, we're going to add that as our new edition. Thanks to you, John. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's meant to be for relationships, but yeah, okay. you can apply it uh, in business too. Because everybody, every I believe everybody wants to feel love. Everybody wants to to yeah to feel that their leader truly loves them and cares about them. And we as leaders, we're we're tasked with the responsibility of understanding how uh, the people we follow how they receive love. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. Love it, and and to you know through that service leadership style how does unconditional love go into that because you know there's a lot of different people out there they could get under our skin you know we (laughs) our audience is such that there's a lot of people here listening to these episodes that are entrepreneurs that are salespeople, that are um that are in the business of people but it's not going to be this pretty little lane that you walk through right it's like there's people out there that get under your skin there's people that bug you there's different uh, personality types out there that are just annoying, like plain, plain and simple annoying. How do you, how do you still serve those people? Great question. You know, and that's actually something that uh, I think that's, that's an ongoing journey for me in terms of discovering how to serve those people. Because at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, I have emotions, you know, sometimes I lose my temper. Sometimes I get frustrated, I get irritated. I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes even to this day. And I always will. I know that. So um, what, I, what I've had to discover for myself is to understand that there is potential in, in everybody. Everybody has potential. Everybody has, everybody has gifting. And my job as a leader is to do my absolute best to identify how I can unlock that potential. It's like, it's like a seed. Amazing. If I have a seed now, now within within an acorn seed, I uh, there's potential, right? But until that seed is planted in the right soil, it will never grow. I can take an acorn yes. tree and I and I can go plant it in the in the Sahara Desert. I can water it. I can like speak life into it. it it'll never grow because it's in the wrong environment. But if I take that same seed and I plant it in fertile soil, and I water it, I tend to it, I take care of it eventually will blossom into a into a beautiful tree and i think the same is true with people you know um as leaders again we're taking on the responsibility of figuring out how we can unlock people's potential now of course there is a fine line because at the end of the day you know you can't do you can't do it for them you know like yeah i think as leaders we we have to create the atmosphere that will cultivate growth and if we feel that we've done that but they're still not willing to to grow um because you know and through their actions then yeah there, there definitely is a line where you eventually gotta say all right you know you 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 uh you gotta go essentially right but i think yep. as leaders we we really have to take ownership in the sense that when someone follows you like it's our responsibility to create an environment where they will grow where they will flourish so i'll, I'll share a quick story uh, kind of that happened a few months ago um, yeah, one time uh, I, I actually had this revelation and I was just thinking, I'm like, man, 
uh, I haven't really created an atmosphere in my office or my physical office where when people walk in, they feel excited to be a part of this office. You know, back then we had this kind of dingy like whiteboard. It was like kind of, it was beat up, a little old. We had these, uh, we, we had these chairs that were metal. So, you know, people were sitting on them for like an hour, hour and a half. And I, and I started putting myself in my rep's shoes. And I was like, man, if I'm a new rep and I walk into this office, there's nothing in this office that like, is, 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 there's nothing in this office that currently right now is screaming growth. So I ended up spending like four to $5,000. I did like a massive renovation in the office. You know, I got a big TV mounted. I got a better blackboard. I got uh, padded seats. I got tables. I got drinks. I had I <laughs> so put a important. basketball thing in there. Yeah, I put all these things. So ultimately, when my guys walked in the office, they had this attitude of, I want to be here. Man, like I yes. love this space. Because I feel like it was my responsibility to create that atmosphere of excitement, create that atmosphere of just joy of wanting to be there. And, I, and ever since then, and I, I feel like, you know, when, when people walk in our office, it, it helps activate the potential in them because they now have an atmosphere that they have an atmosphere now that, you know, has growth all over it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's what it's, what it's, is expected too. You, you go into a, a clean house, you're going to ask to take off your shoes. You're going to ask, you're going to do everything possible to keep that house tidy and neat and clean because that's what was expected. That's because that's the atmosphere that it was going into that. So I think what you do there is you, you actually create an expectation, which drives the culture, which that's, that's all from behavior. Behavior is driven um, from the from the environment and based on triggers, based on ex- expectation, and culture is driven from behavior, and that is why, my friend, you have such a huge following. You have you have created that culture from the very the the foundational level. That's pretty awesome, and uh, I don't. I think we we pass by a lot of these basic fundamental, uh, you know, things that will, uh, that will drive that culture up. That's pretty cool. I didn't really think of it that way, that that's the way you, you put, um, all that into your fertile environment there at your office level. That's pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's our responsibility to create that. And then, uh, and then just as people come in, you'll start to see them grow and you'll start to see them blossom. You'll start to see them, you start to see them blossom and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to witness that. So I just noticed so much in yes. business is that leaders are not willing to serve, to really have this attitude of how can I be there for my team? What can I, what can I sacrifice so that my team can win? You know, I, I have personally sacrificed a lot of my own personal money. Uh, to take care of my team, you know, I've sacrificed a lot of my time. You know, there's been a lot of things I've personally sacrificed, um, but it, in the end, I look at it as an investment. You know, I look at it, all right, I'm investing in my people, and I really yeah. believe that people are the greatest resource in this world. Um, you know, it's not a business, it's not real estate, it's not you know the stock market. I really think people are the greatest resource. But we have to be willing to invest in our people. And, and that includes money, invest money into them. And I don't mean give them money, but I just mean like spend your money to show them 
that, you know, you love them. You know, there's a saying in the Bible, I forget where, but I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but it says, it says, use money to make friends. Don't use friends to make money, you know? And, uh, you know, we have to, you awesome. know, we have to understand the money is a tool, money is a resource and we have to use it to, to invest in our people. But, and then it, it goes beyond that, you know, it's investing yes. our time, you know, it's investing our wisdom. One of the, one of the lessons I also have recently learned is not being afraid to share everything I know with my reps, because the truth is in business, sometimes we don't realize it, but sometimes we're raising our future competition and that's tough. Yep. yep. And I think sometimes leaders that are scared to duplicate themselves and others because they have this mindset of, well, what if this person leaves me? And then what if this person now realizes, oh, wait a minute, I don't need John Soriano anymore. I can just do this on my own. And the truth is that happens, happens. a lot. It happens a lot. And, and it's going to happen. And that's okay. You know, but if you truly, truly, truly love people, if you truly care for people, then you have to be okay with that. You have to be like, you know what, although this person leaving me doesn't really serve me, maybe from a business aspect, it does serve them and I have to be happy for them. And, uh, you know, there's a saying, or there's this quote I saw a, a while back that I love. It was a CEO talking to a CFO and the, and the, uh, I think the, so the CFO said, the CFO said to the CEO, he says, what happens if we invest in our people and they leave us? And then the CEO replied saying, what happens if we don't invest in our people and they stay with us? Yes. And I love that because it's like, it's true. It's like, I would rather invest in my people. I would rather invest my time, my energy, my resources, right? Having that servant mindset and essentially doing the best I can to duplicate me into them. I would rather do that. And then, yeah, maybe I'll end up losing someone and I have, I've lost many people who are now my competition right. and yeah, it sucks, you know, but I would rather do that than to have a scarcity mindset, not invest in my people, not be willing to duplicate myself in others and then have an office of mediocre people. Well, it's, it's just like investing in your customer relationships. You have us and companies do it all the time where they invest thousands of dollars uh, and contractors like us do it all the time. We we write a a two dollar bill to a uh, give a two dollar bill to a customer with a handwritten note saying thank you. We hope you will save a lot more two dollar bills in the months to come. You know, with with the job that we do, and you know, we work in solar. And uh, there there is that type of uh, that mindset with our people too. Can you give us an example of something that you might do? that's kind of like the the handwritten note to a customer to kind of thank them for their business. Like, do you do anything like that for your employees? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, one of the things, so uh, our first level of leadership here in our organization, it's uh, we, we, we call them a mentor. So that's their, that's like their rank. Um, and something that I do every single month is we all go out for a dinner. And, uh, you know, there's no agenda behind this dinner. There's no, like, we don't talk about work. It's really just for us to bond outside of a work setting. You know, in this dinner, school we paid. You know, they end up getting food. They get drinks. Uh, last last month, we went to this, like, steakhouse. And it was, like, a for me, I paid, like, almost, it was, like, a little over $2,000 for this, like, steakhouse uh, place we went wow. to. Um, but that does something to 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 those reps because then they feel taken care of they feel like hey my leader cares about me 
my leader rewards me for my yes. hard work. And, uh, you know, and then in, in return, what they end up doing is they go out there and they, and they work harder than they probably would have if I hadn't, if I hadn't done that. And one of the challenges is that there's no true way I can measure that. I can't measure both outcomes. There's no way I can be like, well, what would have happened if I would have invested in them or versus if I had invested in them. But I just, I just have to believe in myself that the end result is better if I decide to invest in my people. So that's something that's within our organization that, you know, we uh, once a month we go out and we have a dinner together and we all just bond and, 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 uh, and, and connect. Amazing, man. That's so awesome. And, and I think that's the key is connect. Um, you know, one, my, my big takeaway for this episode is how am I connecting to the people around me? How am I building that relationship? How am I serving them? How am I helping them? What am I doing in my everyday life that will in- include processes or systems to remember to do that? Um, one thing I started doing, John, is uh, using my reminder app. You know, mm. I put in my reminder app that I should call my mom every week. And, you know, that connection is so important. I think we lose those connections. We lose those relationships um, through time. You know, obviously there's people out there in our lives that are lifelong friends. They will always stay connected to, you You know, who those people are, where they just, it seems like you just pick up right where you left off and it's been years. But the people that we're trying to cultivate, grow and help them become the best versions of their themselves are, uh, there's a connection required. There's a certain level of connection that's needed. Yeah. And, you know, you said something that is uh, something that remind, uh, just reminded me about serving leadership. You mentioned your mom. And I do think all of us can learn a tremendous amount of serving leadership from mothers because mothers are they're naturally more nurturing than than fathers. Right. They're 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 there for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure most of us can agree that growing up, our moms they served us, right? They, 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 they were selfless. They, with they did no whatever thank you in return with no thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you don't view your mom as like a bad leader. I'm sure if your mom was like that, you view her as this amazing person. You know, my mom, yes. um, you know, my mom's listening to this. I want to give her a quick shout out because for the last about, I would say it's been between three to four years, if not longer, I, I lost track, but every single morning, my mom sends me a text message every morning. And as she says, good morning, I love you, have a blessed day. She'll say something inspiring or, or just something. Like it, the, the words really don't matter that much, but it's just the fact that she's been so consistent for so long, every morning. She, doesn't, she does not miss a day. She does not miss a day. Every morning I wake up to a message from her. And it's just like amazing that my mom has that kind of servant leadership. And, and my mom, so I'm, I'm in California. My mom lives in Ohio, so I don't see her every day. I see her, you know, a couple times a year. And the fact that she does that every single day, just, you know, that's an example of servant leadership. But my mom gets nothing in return from that. But she, every morning, she has this mindset of how can I serve my children? How can I serve my children? How can I serve my children? And she displays that in just that text message. Every morning, doesn't mean it doesn't, she doesn't miss a beat. And it's just uh, truly amazing. So yeah, we can all learn how to serve, like how our mothers serve us. I I think we'll all be, I think we'll all be better leaders. I love that so much. And my mother is very in in the similar fashion. She's been just there for me all the time. She's a, she, I think it's, it's a motherhood is an interesting one 
right? There's no way that I could be a mother because I'm it, like subconsciously, I'm always wanting that. Did you notice this about what I did? Like I'm wanting that reciprocation and I just don't know if I could go through life without any reciprocation from my kids. Like, and we're trying to keep, teach our kids great gratitude, right? We're trying to teach our mm. kids thankfulness and recognizing and being aware of what people do for them. But still, there's just so much that they do that we don't know and they don't see. And if you have someone in your life that's not a mother that has been that role model for you, um, look to them and ask them and use them as a, as a counsel, counselor for you to become the best version of yourself. And uh, we just encourage you to look for that role model and that, that life coach in your life to, to be that person for you to teach you these things. So that's right. Um, we hope that you guys have gotten a lot out of this, John, absolutely incredible content. And uh, we are so excited to roll this out to our audience. And there's nothing, uh, nothing better than hearing it from one of the greatest. Um, thank you so much, John. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you to the audience out here. Shameless plug, but follow me on Instagram at that general John. We'd love to connect with you guys and uh, answer any more questions anybody has. So thank you again, Mitch. And uh, thank you for everyone taking the time to listen to this. Please tell us your Instagram again. We, we, we want to know how to follow you. Please tell us. Yeah, yeah. I am very active on my, on my grand at the general John, all one word, all one sentence. Uh, follow me there. That's my branding, the general. So uh, that's the kind of mindset <laughs> I, I, I carry on when it comes to leading, leading like a general. Uh, so follow me there and let's, let's definitely connect. The General John. All right. Thanks, John. We appreciate <laughs> your time, my man. All right. Take care.